Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and the inspiration for the character Monk, Brendan Tuma. It's the Wednesday morning edition of The Kickoff, which means it is time to talk some trade targets and some rest-of-season rankings, risers, and fallers. But first, let me remind you about our Kyler Murray-signed jersey giveaway. You guys know how to enter by now. All you got to do is leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff to enter. That's it. A YouTube subscription over at youtube.com slash fantasypros counts as three times the entries, so do not wait. Also, let's talk about TickPick, who has teamed up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, to give away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. You guys heard me talk about the winner yesterday from September. There's going to be another winner drawn here for October and every month until February. One winner every month for 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. Again, each package is valued at $3,000. Go to tickpick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K slash pros. All right, before we talk about trade targets and risers and fallers, let's go through the big news items from yesterday. David Montgomery was reportedly diagnosed with a knee sprain and is going to miss four to five weeks of action. All right, now we know what we are dealing with. So don't drop Montgomery or anything, but obviously you have to now make Damian Williams your priority pickup, which you should have been anyway. He's going to be more than a one-week wonder. Mike Tomlin says that Ben Roethlisberger is dealing with, quote, hip issues. Now, he usually plays through these things. Remember, he had the pec injury back in week two, played through that. You start Najee Harris, you start Deontay Johnson, and as of this moment, I'm really not worried about anyone else on the Steelers. Teddy Bridgewater is in the concussion protocol. He is obviously uncertain for this weekend's game. The Chiefs promoted Josh Gordon from the practice squad. He is going to play in week five against the Bills. Remember, he last played in week 15 of 2019. You can pick him up if you want. Everybody gets really excited about him. I'm happy to let somebody else have him. Tony Jones Jr. is out three to four weeks with an ankle injury. The Saints worked out a bunch of guys. Lamar Miller, Duke Johnson, Brian Hill, Edo Smith, Reichel Armstead, all of these guys yesterday. Once upon a time, I thought Jones was a priority ad, but I don't think you need to roster anyone on the Saints other than Alvin Kamara, so don't worry about this too much. The 49ers cut Kerryon Johnson and Chris Thompson. This is a good sign that Elijah Mitchell is going to return here in Week 5. And the Bears acquire Jakeem Grant from the Dolphins. All right, let's talk some trade targets and rest-of-season risers and fallers. Let's start with the running back position. A couple of guys who are rising. It begins with Cordero Patterson. I can't talk about Cordero Patterson anymore, but he has moved from RB33 last week to RB15 in my rest-of-season rankings. There's just no reason to think that this is a fluke. As much as every single part of me wants to write this off, he is targeted often. He lines up everywhere. He's an integral part of this offense. I do not know how it happened, but it has happened. Patterson is now an RB2. He gets the Jets this week. Go ahead and buy this. Another guy moving up is Leonard Fournette, who moves from RB35 to RB22. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. That is a reference to Godfather 3, a movie that my producer Brendan has almost certainly not seen. So Fournette has been the guy in the Bucks backfield all year, right? He's averaging roughly, what, 15 touches a game, no fewer than three catches in any game. Now, his value is higher so long as Giovanni Bernard is sidelined, but I think the absence of Rob Gronkowski means even more. Gronkowski is an excellent blocker, and he opens up passing routes, and without him, the Bucks are likely to lean into the run just a little bit more. And look at this game against the Pats. The 23 touches are great, but the 82% of the snaps are even better. Yeah, Ronald Jones found the end zone, but just 13 snaps total. 
This is Fournette's backfield. And famous last words, I think we may be beyond the fumble or the missed blitz pickup means you lost your job. Fournette is now an RB2. Congratulations, universe. You win. Another guy moving up and you should target is Latavius Murray, moving up from RB44 to RB34 this week. We have a lot of questions about Tyson Williams, but we don't have a lot of questions about Latavius Murray. Murray has 44 rushing attempts and three touchdowns in his four games. He's never going to catch passes. He's never going to have that backfield to himself. But yes, he looks like the lead back in a run-heavy offense who is going to get the goal line work. The lack of pass catching puts a cap on his value, but he's a locked-in flex play each and every week right now. Some other running backs moving up include James Robinson, who goes from RB20 to RB16. This doesn't really need an explanation on the backs of yet another strong game against the Bengals on Thursday. Josh Jacobs moves up from RB28 to RB23. This is mostly about his health. He showed he was healthy on Monday, and he obviously dominated the touches. And Zach Moss, who moves up from RB31 to RB26, I'm still not fully buying in here. I mean, Devin Singletary remains a thorn in his side. Josh Allen is potentially there to steal goal line work, but you just cannot ignore Moss's success at this point. Some running backs who are falling include Miles Sanders, who falls from 19 to RB31. We talked about Sanders on Monday. The touches are down. The yardage is down. The touchdowns are non-existent. There was a report, by the way, yesterday that this backfield is basically now a committee. If I roster Sanders, I'm not dropping him or anything, but he's not an RB2 right now or anywhere close to it. Another guy you should avoid in trades and who is moving down is Naheem Hines, who falls from RB32 to RB40. It's not like I was ranking Hines as a must-start option or anything. He seemed like a guy, though, who you could flex more often than not, but this is just kind of back to what we saw last year. Eight targets, two targets, six targets, two targets. We don't know when or where the production for Hines is going to come. Oh, and also trade requests be darned. Marlon Mack got 10 carries in this most recent game. Hines is a depth piece for your fantasy team, a desperation PPR play, nothing more. Final guy falling is Miles Gaskin, who falls from RB26 to RB43. We talked about this on Monday, guys. I mean, you can't start Miles Gaskin anymore. If there's a game script or a situation that results in two carries for three yards that is on the table at any given moment, it's just a non-starter for fantasy. You cannot have that guy in your lineup. This was a borderline RB2 who can now be dropped if you're in a pinch. Is it possible he can vault back up? Sure. Remember the preseason games where after the first one, we thought he was done and then he came on to lead the way. But I'm willing to miss out on this if necessary, if I need to pick up somebody like Damian Williams. How about some wide receivers I'm targeting in trades and who have moved way up this last week is DJ Moore, who moved from wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 7. We figured Moore may get a lot of Trayvon Diggs in this game against the Cowboys, and it just didn't matter. I mean, if you took the combined worst numbers from any of Moore's games this year, you would get eight targets, six catches, and 79 yards, or in other words, like decent wide receiver 2 production with Christian McCaffrey, without Christian McCaffrey. Moore and Sam Darnold are locked in together. Yes, it's to the chagrin of Robbie Anderson and pretty much everyone else in that offense, but 43 targets, three touchdowns already. There are just no concerns with Moore. Seriously, none. He's playing at an outrageously high level, and he should continue to do so. He's now a strong wide receiver one. Another guy who had moved up is Terry McLaurin, who moves up from wide receiver 20 to wide receiver 8. This might not have been the Terry McLaurin game that we deserved, 
but it was the one that we needed. 13 targets, 6 catches, 123 yards, and 2 touchdowns. He is 4th in the NFL in air yards. Now, there have been some inconsistencies, right? He's played 4 games. In 2 of them, he combined for 27 targets and 17 catches. In the other 2, 11 targets, 8 catches. But even his worst game has been 4 catches for 62 yards. That doesn't kill you. The Mike Williams game from Monday kills you. Not that. Curtis Samuel is back, but that's counterbalanced by the Logan Thomas injury. McLaurin is going to be heavily involved in every single game, and for me, is now a wide receiver one. Another guy moving up is Debo Samuel, who goes from wide receiver 24 to wide receiver 16. There's just a lot to like about Debo right now. He plays every snap. He runs every route. He's got 42 targets already. Brandon Ayuk just is not involved. George Kittle is banged up. The running back group is a game of musical chairs, but Samuel is steady. He is just there. He is guaranteed to produce each and every week. He has a checkered injury history, okay? But so long as he is healthy, as he is right now, there is every reason to buy in. Another guy moving up is Marquise Brown, who moves from wide receiver 31 to wide receiver 21. Brown is basically turning into the best version of himself. Three touchdowns on the season, and obviously he could have had a lot more if he had made some receptions in that game against the Lions. He is being targeted downfield and consistently, and he already has 326 yards receiving. Yeah, the Ravens may still be a run-first team, but that doesn't mean that Brown's going to be left out in the cold or anything. He's now an every-week starter, regardless of matchup. A couple other receivers moving up include LaVisca Chenault, who moves way up from wide receiver 73, so basically entirely off the board, to wide receiver 42. This is basically everything to do with the DJ Chark injury. You saw Chenault get heavily involved in this game against the Bengals once Chark went out. I think that's what you're going to see going forward. The Jaguars are not a pretty organization right now, but James Robinson, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, they're all rosterable and startable if you need to. Finally, Curtis Samuel also moves up similarly He was wide receiver 71. He's now wide receiver 47. Again, this is just about health. He showed he was healthy. He wasn't crazy involved. Only four targets caught all of them in this game against Atlanta, but he was being eased back in. He'll play more snaps going forward. He'll get more targets. He's got an offensive coordinator and a coach who know how to use him. So he's a guy who I would look to buy and hopefully buy cheap. Some wide receivers who are falling in my rankings are Allen Robinson, wide receiver 26 last week, wide receiver 39 this week. The bottom line, this was the game. This was the game we needed to see something from Allen Robinson, and we didn't. Yeah, he topped 60 yards, but I mean, three targets? Meanwhile, Darnell Mooney's out there getting 100 air yards. Wide receiver 39 is still a flex play because Robinson's track record is long enough to have earned that, but we've gone from borderline wide receiver one to this, and this may be generous. Another guy falling rest of season is Jalen Waddell, who moves from wide receiver 37 to wide receiver 45. Maybe this is unfair, with the Will Fuller injury, but I actually kind of think that may hurt Waddle a bit because I don't think it's going to open up the middle of the field like might benefit Waddle. Miami offense is broken right now. We don't know if it's going to be fixed when Tua Tungavailoa gets back, so there's no reason to be fixated on these guys when the Emmanuel Sanders type of unexciting wide receiver is just out there and can help you right now. Waddle is just a low-end flex for me. Two Bucks receivers moving down. Chris Godwin, who goes from 13 to 19, and Mike Evans, who goes from 18 to 23 in my wide receiver rankings. This is in part about how some of these other wide receivers are moving up, right? Like Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown. But I'm mildly concerned about the Bucks' offense without Rob Gronkowski. As I mentioned, 
It was probably just the rain and a tough New England defense, but there's enough of a hesitation with Gronkowski not being there for both the extra protection for Brady and the fact that he takes some attention away from these guys for me to move both those guys down a hair. Again, it's minor. It's mostly about others moving up, but both move down to more middling wide receiver three territory. Quickly, let's touch on some tight end and quarterback risers. At tight end, Dalton Schultz moves from tight end 20 to tight end 13, and Dawson Knox moves from tight end 16 to tight end 11. Tight end is a wasteland. Both guys are producing consistently. Schultz still splits snaps with Blake Jarwin, but A, there is room for both of them in that offense, and B, Schultz is the leader of the two, so I would prefer him for sure. And we already talked about Dawson Knox. He is consistently producing. He's getting targeted in the red zone. He's worth an ad and probably an every week start. With quarterbacks, a riser is Sam Darnold, who moves from QB 18 to QB 12. This can easily blow up in your face, but given his rushing ability and the way that that Panthers offense looks, I'm just not ready to take Derek Carr, or Kirk Cousins, or even Ryan Tannehill without his receivers over Darnold right now. From a real-life perspective, I'm not at all convinced that Darnold is the answer, but from a fantasy perspective, I think I'm there. A tight end faller includes Robert Tunyon, who falls from tight end 10 to tight end 14. He's got seven targets against the Steelers. That was good, but there's just no production here. You have to prefer someone like Dalton Schultz or Dawson Knox to him at this point. So again, tight end 14, not an every week starter. And a quarterback, as I mentioned, Ryan Tannehill, falls from QB 12 to QB 16. He actually played better than I expected against the Jets, but still, he's not going to have A.J. Brown, and he's not going to have Julio Jones probably for another week. And then the schedule gets a little rough. He's got Buffalo after that. So again, you've got a lot of other options right now playing well, so I would just prefer them at this point when you consider his rest-of-season rankings. And that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five-season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. <laughs>